Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Crash, the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 300, recorded on Friday the 14th of February 2020, and the time at the beginning of the show is 09.04.51. Yes, it's that terrible day of the year again. So instead of walking around and making myself miserable, I thought I'd do a podcast for people who are also unimpressed by the day that shall not be named. To start off, I have been thinking about this podcast, as I do quite often, and any podcaster or YouTuber who says they aren't obsessed about their own thing are lying. I've been thinking about how it is impossible that this show goes on forever because things are finite, like our lives or the universe. But it does seem that now in 2020, 2012, when this all started, seems but a distant flicker. <laughs> I'm sorry, I read that bit of purple out verbatim. And that also tells you something, because you know how much I like purple. I'm writing again. And not to worry, I will mention this point again in a few minutes. So, hold fast. Anyway, back to this never-ending pod. Because... This is episode 300, which is a milestone in itself. It's also a milestone as far as Apple Podcasts go, because I have read that Apple Podcasts only lists 300 episodes. Well, I'm going to find out if that's true soon enough, or whether this pod turns into a pumpkin at the stroke of midnight. We'll see. Ah, yes. What's the next item in the list? Well, the next item is me moaning about stuff. But before I moan about stuff, let me pre-moan about other stuff. And that is the bed. As you may or may not know, I went from a hideous single fake cardboardy divan thing to a king-size bed... Uh, a couple of months ago, and as well as the expense of buying a king-size frame and a king-size mattress, I also had to contend with buying king-size bedding, which is expensive, and I still haven't got round to completely stocking the bed area. That's a weird way of putting it. I now have a duvet cover. I have a couple of flat sheets and a couple of fitted sheets. I have also, yesterday in fact, bought a down pillow, which is very nice, but not very cheap. And I have pillowcases, and I've got a bolster coming, because it's such a big bed, you need something to lean against, and I have a metal bed frame rather than a fabric headboard. So that's another thing to contend with. Anyway, the point is, it's a lot more expensive than I thought. But it is worth it, 
if you can manage it somehow, because I'm sleeping better. I mean, yesterday I slept really well on my down, or rather, goose feather and down pillow. It's very comfortable. But I do need more pillows. The bed's so big, I need like a zillion pillows. Hopefully that will be sorted out in the next day or two. Why am I talking about the bed? Let's move on to moaning about even more stuff. Well, you know, recently I did too much gardening. And that must have done something to my resistance, because shortly followed by a horrible dose of the flu, not the coronavirus, then while I was still recovering from the fatigue of gardening, and I had the flu, I also had to drive a very long way, not last Friday, but the Friday before, to my uncle's funeral in Brighton, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast already. As well as that, I have been getting the place ready for my parents, who are temporarily moving in, which is nice, but it has made things rather hectic at Casa Roy. Although everything is now mostly under control, the process of getting here has been fraught and difficult and fatiguing, and I have badly managed my tasks and cranked my stress levels so that, as well as flu and fatigue, I have had constant IBS attacks and my Tourette syndrome has gone haywire. In case you're wondering why you never hear any of the Tourette's in the podcast, it's because I do quite a lot of editing. And just before I said this particular bit, there is a bit that I need to remove and you'll never hear. But take it from me, the Tourette's has not been great. I used to have a theory that stress helps my Tourette's syndrome, but... That kind of stress is obviously a completely different kind of stress and isn't the kind of stress that I'm having at the moment. I'm having the kind of stress that gives me IBS and sends my Tourette's into orbit. What I'm getting down to is my excuse for not doing many podcast episodes lately. With all this stuff happening, more stuff, I'm saying the word stuff too much now, has been taken out of me than should have been taken out of me. Am I saying I'm losing my stuffing? That doesn't make sense. Okay. And that's why there have been fewer episodes. I'm sorry about that. I am writing again, though. You see, I told you I'd come back to this again, and I have. And I'm doing that as a way of escaping from everything else, and also not increasing my stress levels by not doing the writing that I'm supposed to be doing. We'll talk about this writing in a future episode, because I don't really have anything extra to report at the moment. But at least I'm back now doing another episode, and hopefully, as I mentioned at the top of the show... I'm single, so I do understand what a repellent and horrible day this can be. So let's do an episode of Crash instead. Hope you enjoy the show. 
Annoyingly, just before that, there's this. What's an adrenaline junkie bike career to do after a fatal wipeout? How about inheriting a weird box, partnering up with a lethal and sexy reporter, and going on the adventure of a lifetime? Join Geeky X Rocker and his enigmatic partnering crime as they are drawn into the mystery of the century deep in the dark heart of London. It is a secret that will change their lives forever, if it doesn't kill them first. The Horrors Box is a very dark, very funny, fast-paced, action-packed, suspense thriller brimming with pop culture nostalgia and unique characters. If you liked Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Goonies, National Treasure, and Preston and Child's Agent Pendergast series, you will love this high-octane and explosive page-turner as quirky and British as James Bond and Doctor Who by UK author Roy Martha. Oh, that's me. And this is my book. You can find The Horus Box on Amazon as a Kindle ebook now. And here we go. And the first item on the culture list is The Goldfinch that I watched after I heard it mentioned in another podcast, which I've mentioned before the Super Context podcast. I had this on my list to watch ages and ages ago, but there is just so many things to watch in the realm of geek, and this isn't really a geek film. This is definitely more towards the vanilla side of things, so I can see how it would appeal to geeks. And so it dropped off my list, but after listening to that podcast, I decided to watch it. It was something to do in the evening with my dinner. And The Goldfinch is a forgettable, unfortunately, adaptation of an award-winning novel about a boy who survives a terrorist attack in an art gallery. And during that attack, he steals this priceless and very rare painting and then deals with the guilt over being a survivor of the attack and also from stealing this painting in the middle of all the chaos caused by the bombing. Now, when I say it that way, it actually sounds like quite a gripping story and the problem is not with the story itself. Although I haven't read the novel, the story in the movie is fairly interesting the problem is the execution of it is not great. And that's a real pity, because it really struck me as something that could have come off if it had been a better-made film, as a cross between Charles Dickens and Walter Tevis, and I know those are two literary references that I'm gluing into a film, but if you know those two authors, you'll know what I mean. Well, everyone knows Charles Dickens, but Walter Tevis was the guy who wrote, most famously, I suppose, The Man Who Fell to Earth, The Hustler, The Color of Money, quite a few novels, and quite a few genre novels. That's the gold finch, perhaps... 
check out the novel rather than the film, because you're probably not going to be missing much. Next, let's move on to television and Picard. I do like that Patrick Stewart is playing his real age. And not just for the sake of diversity, though we really do need to see older people leading dramas, but also because it brings a very different dynamic to the character. Not that Jean-Luc Picard was ever one to throw his weight around, but he was definitely more physical in his younger years, and now he is no longer the fit man he was. It just changes things, and it also changes things that he is now, as a Starfleet man through and through, left on his own to go rogue and save the universe. And also, because they've narrowed the focus down to Jean-Luc Picard himself, the show feels a lot more intimate. And Jean-Luc is a fascinating character. He is a fellow Earther. He has a fascinating and tragic backstory. And although Picard isn't my favourite captain, his generalist approach... That is, he isn't as brilliant as Kirk, but he is highly competent and strongly principled, together with his really amazing ability just to survive stuff, to survive tragedy, to survive hideous injury in the line of duty. All that stuff always impressed me. I have to say, though, I was already a post-teen young adult by the time The Next Generation started, so reruns of the Kirk-led, the original series, i.e. just Star Trek, as I would know it, was my Star Trek. However, I did enjoy The Next Generation. Even the earliest episodes, like Encounter at Farpoint, which are not very well regarded by other fans. I, on the other hand, did enjoy them. The Next Generation is also old enough that I certainly feel that deeply retro sentimentality for the show. Sure, there are other shows like Deep Space Nine, which I thought was excellent, and Voyager, which was also very good, and more lately... There has been Star Trek Discovery, and I do like the character of Michael Burnham. However, I think, at least as far as comparing Star Trek Picard to Star Trek Discovery, Picard is definitely better. If I do have one criticism, it is that it is rather slow-moving. It has taken... Three episodes for Picard just to get a ship. But I am savouring this slow burn, fun continuation of the next generation. I have said in my show notes, make it so and engage. And now I'm going to say those words. Make it so, engage. Next, moving on to another TV show, Snowfall. This is a glossy, tough crime drama set in the 80s about the 
Los Angeles coke dealers and the CIA's despicable use of the cocaine trade to fund anti-communist guerrillas in South America at the cost of turning the poorest areas of America into a coke-addled hellhole. And this was all during the time of the Just Say No campaign talking about hyper-hypocrisy. This is currently playing in its entirety on BBC iPlayer. So if you're in the UK, you can see that for free. Well, sort of free because we have TV licenses. I have watched a few episodes, but despite the interesting characters and the John Singleton action input, it got very depressing very fast, and this is not a show for me. I have enough miserable things to think about, so Snowfall, no thanks. But to reiterate, this is a good show, it's just not something I can deal with right now. Moving on to another TV show, and that is Lock and Key. This is an enjoyable Netflix, I think, adaptation of Joe Hill's and Gabriel Rodriguez's comic book series of the same name, and I am fairly sure that we've talked about the comic before. I've almost certainly read the first volume. Briefly, it's about a family who move to a big, creepy house after a family tragedy, And this house is very special. It contains special keys that lead to magical portals. I think it's much better than Joe Hill's last adapted TV work, Nosferatu, or N-O-S-4-A-2. And about those keys. Okay, this isn't spoiling much. Each of those special keys has a different property. One of them is called the Anywhere Key, and it allows you to visit any place that you've visited before. And as someone who hasn't been on holiday for years and years, and was, before this current period of not going anywhere, an inveterate traveller, I would absolutely love this key. It's like having the power to teleport. It's like being Hayden Christensen in Jumper. What an amazing ability that would be. Lock and Key dropped all at the same time, but amazingly I have managed to retain some discipline and have watched it over several days. I still have one episode left that I am saving for tonight as a treat for doing this episode and putting it out there. So that's my reward for getting this episode out on the day that shall not be named. And that's Lock and Key. The final item of our culture section is a rest in peace to the amazing Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, whose birth name was Izur Danielovich, and who was born on December the 9th, 1916, and died on February the 5th, 2020. What an amazing actor. He was one of my favourite actors as... 
anyone will tell you, I used to be teased that I had his chin, which, you know what, isn't a bad thing. He was the star of so many films that I can't really get into all of them now, but they included Spartacus, of course, The Vikings, The Fury, which is one of my favourite films of all time, a horror film, if you haven't seen it, it's based on John Farris's novel, The Fury, go and see it, go and see it now. Kirk Douglas is great, quirky, deadly in that movie. A delight. There is also a vanilla film that he's in that is absolutely brilliant about an ad man who is heading for a massive breakdown called The Arrangement, another brilliant film. I could go on like this for ages, so I'll stop now. Crash salutes Kirk Douglas. I'm Spartacus. The next item, as we move on to technology, is UK recycling. Or rather, what recycling? We're not really great at recycling in this country. And I have been reading about how our efforts into recycling household waste might be a waste of time. Because, frankly, as consumers, we don't know what we're doing, and it's not entirely our fault. It's because no one's actually told us what is or isn't recyclable, and if you try and research the materials that are and are not, you'll realise what an amazingly convoluted and complicated process it is. And even if you are an expert in knowing which items of household waste to recycle and how to recycle them, it does not mean that they won't end up in landfills anyway, because the process can get totally cocked up further up the line when it's out of our control. There are a couple of articles you can read. I have put them in the show notes. There's an article at Wired that explains how truly complicated this stuff is. And there is an article in The Telegraph that explains the total chaos that is the recycling system in the UK. I have included the archive.org links because I can't really trust the longevity of articles anymore. I'm sure publications aren't sufficiently archiving their material because I've talked about stuff before in the podcast, I've put links in, and then you find out later on that those pages have just disappeared. Hopefully, by providing these links, you should always, fingers crossed, be able to find those articles. Anyway, where was I? Look, don't let my cynicism about recycling get you down, because I certainly still make a very thorough attempt to recycle as much as I can. Continue doing that yourself, because the fact that further up the chain is getting it wrong just reinforces the point that we as ordinary people need to do our bit 
because making the planet a nice place to live can't be left to our idiot governments. Finally, in the creative section, I have bought a book. It's called Drawing Cartoons, A Complete Guide to Cartoons, Caricatures, Comics, and Animated Cartoons. This is a book by Janet Nunn, to ends, Alex Hughes, and John Brine. I'm a doodler, as you probably know from me wittering on about it in this podcast and the occasional doodle that I will upload to Twitter. I, and this I've also mentioned before, have been trying to graduate from doodler to cartoonist. I've got too many hobbies, to be honest. And this is a really good book. It is such a good book that I have been constantly borrowing it from the local library for a number of years. I have been repeatedly borrowing it and then finding out that I've borrowed it too often and I can't do so again. And I have probably paid fines for it. So sensibly, I've decided to buy the book. I found it on Abe Books. It cost less than £3 and... It's a bargain. It's certainly better than constantly borrowing it and paying fines. And as a second-hand book, I'm also doing my bit to recycle. I'm using again. Also, we've often talked about A-books in the context of buying retro science fiction, horror, and fantasy books. When I was in academia, I used A-books to buy research material. But as a creative, you can also find some real bargains, like this book that I'm talking about right now. You should also pat yourself on the back if you buy something from an A-Books retailer, sure in the knowledge that you're shafting Amazon. That certainly gives me a nice warm feeling. That's it for the show. We are now in the after-show section. I don't really have much to talk about. Other than you can expect uh, another retro Doctor Who episode fairly soon. I will be extremely busy with writing and personal stuff and collecting mum and dad tomorrow from the airport. Don't really have anything else to say. Oh, there is one thing. (laughs) Do you remember that storm that happened the other day? I had drifted off to Nodland having a little nap. And I awoke the other day thinking the apocalypse was happening. There was, luckily, no damage to my home or garden or fence, as far as I can see. Fence is already pre-wonkified, so it doesn't really make much difference. But it really did feel like the end of the world was about to happen. I don't know if that's a symptom of climate change or... That would have happened in any case, but man, it was loud. I don't really have anything else to say. I just wanted to mention that because it was something that stuck out in my mind over the last week. As far as the show is concerned, that is it for this episode of Crash. Crash is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer, Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymartha.com 
For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend, though particularly pay attention to reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. You were listening to Crash the UK Geek Podcast. The UK Geek Podcast. I like saying the in capitals because it really annoys my fellow podcasters. This was episode 300, recorded on Friday the 14th of February 2020. And the time at the end of the show is 094634. Thanks for listening and bye bye for now. Bye.